A very good morning to you. I'm Debbie Cruz. It's Thursday, June 30th. Updating San Diego's Climate Action Plan. More on that, but first, let's do the headlines. COVID-19 infections and hospitalizations are continuing to increase across San Diego County. And as we head into the 4th of July holiday weekend, healthcare leaders at Scripps Health are warning people to be cautious. As of yesterday, there were 96 people with COVID-19 hospitalized at Scripps. That's more than double what it was at this time last month. Following complaints from residents, a state legislative committee approved an audit of San Diego gas and electrics rates on Monday. The California State Auditor will review the reasons behind increasing rates charged to SDG&E customers. That's according to reporting from the San Diego Union-Tribune. The audit will also look into the process of the CPUC approving rates charged by the utility and other utility companies in the state. The audit will also review the Public Advocates Office, which works on behalf of ratepayers, to see if it's getting the lowest rates for customers. That audit is expected to take seven months. Four former Navy officers were convicted on all counts yesterday for accepting bribes from foreign defense contractor Leonard Francis, also known as Fat Leonard. Prosecutors allege the defendants took bribes in exchange for providing Francis with classified information regarding ship schedules. After deliberating for nearly two weeks, the jury deadlocked on whether to convict a fifth officer on trial. With yesterday's verdict, 33 current and former Navy officials have been found guilty or have pled guilty in the Navy scandal. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. Hi, I'm Beth Accomando, KPBS arts reporter and host of the Cinema Junkie podcast. I'm also a geeky gourmet who likes to bake food themed to the movies I watch, like chocolate blood to savor with Dracula, or an extra chewy Wookiee cookie to enjoy with Star Wars. I'm geeky about the things I love, and that makes me a public radio geek as well. I love being able to connect with audiences just like you through TV, radio, the web, and podcasts like the one you're listening to right now. So, are you a KPBS geek? If so, then I'm asking you to get in touch with your inner nerd and become a member of KPBS today. Just go to kpbs.org and click the blue Give Now button and make a donation. That's right. Let's geek out together about the things we love. San Diego is close to updating the city's climate action plan. It is a forward-looking document that envisions a carbon-zero future for America's finest city. But KPBS environment reporter Eric Anderson finds that vision is still a bit fuzzy for some. Marita Garcia carries her weeks-old daughter, Inata, in a cross-body sling as she walks across the same Logan Hearts Park that she played in as a child. Pretty soon we'll be coming and you're going to be playing up in that jungle gym. Her mother lives in the same neighborhood. She's fighting a lifelong battle with asthma. It's one extra reason that Garcia wants the best for her newborn daughter. I am fighting for the health of my community, who I saw grow up with me, who their kids, oh my gosh, I'm getting emotional. Um, 
She wants what other neighborhoods have, air that's clean enough that people don't have to think about it. It's so hard to stay positive about this neighborhood all the time as much as, as much as you want to. As much beauty as you see here, there's still those health risks, those just those concerns always in the back of your mind, always having to do extra. She's happy the city of San Diego is making clean air a priority in an updated climate action plan. The city's Mariah Saldana says clean air is front and center in the new planning document designed to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. Air quality and uh, reducing the pollution in our communities was the number one thing that our residents wanted out of the climate action plan. Saldana says if successful, the new climate blueprint will transform San Diego in other ways by 2035. A walkable city, a city where you can bike to work. Cars won't be needed as much and there will be less litter. A city that has green spaces for recreation, for playing, um, a city that protects us from the impacts of climate change. And the beautiful part about the climate plan is that it's an incredible vision for an improved quality of life in San Diego, for improved public health. But the climate action campaign's Nicole Capritz isn't completely sold on the climate action plan 2.0. She worries the document is too aspirational, like the first plan passed in 2015. Great goals, but weak execution. There's just so much good. If the city took this seriously, there's so much good that can come out of it. Like, tangible benefits to quality of life. And again, to make sure like we're prepared as there's like earthquake coming with these climate changes. The Environmental Health Coalition's Kyle Hiscala says one fix is to include targets with costs and timetables spelled out. There's been some hesitation uh, by the city of San Diego to include uh, strong goals to cleaning up the air. And uh, I think it's a, a case of something that hasn't been done before. Hiscala says defining climate targets quantitatively with achievable goals goes a long way toward helping clean the air, especially in neighborhoods like Logan Heights. He says accountability is important. Those types of projects need to be prioritized in the environmental justice communities that have uh, held the burden of air pollution and heavy industry without seeing the benefits. The Climate Action Plan goes before the city's Environment Committee this week. Councilmember Joe LaCava says he's heard a lot of positive comments from people tracking development of the revision. He says this effort is not just a bureaucratic exercise. It matters because the city has to prepare for a warming climate. While I know that there's good work being done by city staff and city departments, it is helpful to actually have it articulated in a specific document. And it doesn't have to be a fancy report with a pretty cover. It can just be a, an old-fashioned spreadsheet, but it gives us that timeline. The climate plan update has been in the works since 2020, and it's likely to get enough support in the city council's environment committee to move to the full council for adoption. LaCava says he also hopes to flesh out the implementation matrix, which will add some accountability to the plan. It includes more than 180 measurable goals, up from just over a dozen in the first climate action plan. Eric Anderson, KPBS News. Mexican abortion providers say they expect more American women to cross the border to seek abortion services particularly women from border states that are limiting access to abortion, like Texas and Arizona. 
KPBS border reporter Gustavo Solis has more on this. As Americans in need of abortion services grapple with the U.S. Supreme Court's decision last week to overturn Roe v. Wade, Mexico has become an unexpected solution. Luisa Garcia is the director of ProFem, which runs multiple abortion clinics across the country, including in Mexicali and Tijuana. She says the clinics are seeing more and more American patients. Están hablando más personas, si esa es una, una realidad. About a quarter of the clinic's patients come from the U.S. right now, she says. Garcia finds it strange that the United States is restricting abortion access while Mexico is expanding. She calls it a historic role reversal. The state of Baja California legalized abortion in October, and just last month, the states of Guerrero, Sonora, and Baja California Sur joined suit. Gustavo Solis, KPBS News. The rate at which home prices are climbing in the San Diego region is beginning to slow. The Case-Shiller Index says in April, prices were up 28.5% over April of 2021. That compares to March when year-to-year they were up 29.6%. Cross-Country Mortgage Executive Vice President Scott Evans says climbing mortgage rates are the main reason prices aren't going up quite as much. I mean, I would say that that's probably the biggest impact with the slowdown is the rise in interest rates, hands down, pretty much 90%. But don't expect prices to start falling too much. USD Assistant Professor of Real Estate Jeremy Gabe says inventory is also falling because most homeowners are staying put. Most people who own their houses now have mortgages that are fixed at rates lower than the prevailing interest rate. And so that makes them less likely to move up the housing ladder, move sideways on the housing ladder. Gabe says rising mortgage rates won't have much effect on mid- to upper-income people, but he says the current rates will price lower-income folks out of the housing market. Coming up, why a local piece of artwork is causing controversy. We'll have that story and more next, just after the break. Long ago, when the public square was the only place to share news, events, and happenings, people were drawn to it. Living in community with others was the route to understanding each other and the world around us. The public square has changed dramatically, but our need to learn and understand one another hasn't. This is Port of Entry, the Park Redison Project. Listener-supported KPBS Cinema Junkie. Thank you for listening to KPBS Podcast and for being part of our region's virtual public square, where you learn not only about the headlines of the day, but about culture, music, and the issues that are important to all of us. Help keep the virtual square alive and well. Support podcasts like the one you're listening to right now. Just go to kpbs.org, click the blue Give Now button, and make a donation. And thanks again. Inflation is hitting every part of the economy, including local hospitals. KPBS health reporter Matt Hoffman says 
The financial blow comes as hospitals are still reeling from the economic strain of the pandemic, and it could get worse as California mandates loom. More than half of the state's hospitals are operating at a loss or unsustainable margins because of the COVID-19 pandemic. That's according to a recent report commissioned by the California Hospital Association. That means they are losing money every day caring for patients. Jan Emerson Shea is vice president of external affairs for the California Hospital Association. She says more hospitals are losing money now compared to pre-pandemic. And it's probably going to take years for the situation to fully right itself. And in truth, there may be hospitals across the state that just aren't able to come out of this. Inflation is only worsening the financial strain on hospitals. The report found that hospitals are generally caring for fewer patients, while costs are rising and labor shortages are growing. Hospitals have been turning to contract workers. It's an expense that's hurting their bottom line. Some travel nurses are being paid upwards of $300 an hour. And California is not alone in this, so we're in a national bidding war, if you will, for these these temporary workers. Scripps Health is one of the largest hospital systems in San Diego. Its CEO, Chris Van Gorder, says Scripps has paid as much as $211 per hour for contract nurses. He says they currently have around 1,000 open positions. And we're talking about everything from nurses to environmental service workers, to food service workers. Van Gorder says the worker shortage and rising expenses is taking a major bite out of the healthcare system's profits. We're seeing um, supply costs uh, going up about 5 to 6%, but our revenue growth at best is going to go up about 3%. So these very small margins you're seeing hospitals make right now are going to get even tighter in the next couple of years. There's also another financial cloud hanging over hospitals. The Seismic Safety Act was amended 20 years ago. It requires hospitals to be retrofitted to operate after earthquakes. It has a fast approaching deadline of 2030. That has a hundred plus billion dollar price tag associated with it. We're running into a train wreck um, if something isn't done to relieve the pressure on the seismic issue. Emerson Shea hopes hospitals get a deadline extension. We may need at some point to have a conversation about at least some dollars being allocated. But right now, uh, time, time doesn't cost anything. Over at Scripps, Van Gorder is budgeting for the seismic retrofitting mandate, something that could increase with the cost of raw materials. We're hoping to get a delay on that, but the legislature is struggling with that. That's $2.4 billion dollars. For scripts, legislators will look at the balance sheet and go, well, why? Look at all that money you have in the bank. Well, I can tell you, you know, if we spent all the money we have in the bank right now, I would not be able to uh, comply with SB 1953. Van Gorder says hospitals, including Scripps, got federal COVID relief money from the CARES Act and the American Rescue Plan. But he says that money is gone. He'd like to see some more help from the state or federal government. Scripps is not... In, in danger of closing. We have a balance sheet that can support us. But when you look forward to all these challenges that I have to deal with, and particularly the unfunded mandates, the $2.4 billion in building costs that I have to do because the state says I have to do it. I, other states don't have that problem. While Scripps or other San Diego systems may not be at risk of closing, the hospital association says it's a very real threat for others. 
they were lobbying for increases in Medi-Cal reimbursements to try and help struggling hospitals, but ultimately they weren't able to get it in the state budget. California is allocating money for health worker education and training. There's also a billion dollars in stipends to help retain staff. Again, here's Emerson Shea. We need all hospitals in this state. We have roughly 400 hospitals in California to treat 40 million people in our state. You know, we cannot afford to lose these very important centers of care. Matt Hoffman, KPBS News. Students in the San Dieguito Union High School District are speaking out about the firing of their superintendent. KPBS education reporter M.G. Perez has this story. Cheryl James Ward was fired by the San Dieguito Union High School Board of Trustees Sunday evening. The termination followed months of controversy after Dr. Ward made comments in April that many in the community considered racist against Asian students. She apologized several times. Joy Rupert is ASB president at San Dieguito Academy. She accepted the apology and is shocked it was not enough. It's just crazy and disheartening for students of color to see how a black woman and a woman of color is in power and then just gets completely stripped and torn down. Officially, Ward was fired without cause and now says she plans to file a wrongful termination lawsuit against the district. M.G. Perez, KPBS News. A controversial artwork in Escondido is staying put. KPBS North County reporter Tanya Thorne has more on the piece that depicts pigs as police officers. The Street Legacy SoCal Style Masters exhibition opened over the weekend in the California Center for the Arts in Escondido. The exhibition showcases artwork from nearly 100 artists that represent the diverse cultural landscape of Southern California. But one piece has made headlines. The piece is called Three Slick Pigs by a Los Angeles-based artist who goes by O.J. Slick. The portrayal of the three pigs in police uniforms drew criticism from the Escondido City Council and Escondido's outgoing chief of police. Sarah Mata is the chair of the Board of Trustees for the Art Center. She was part of a special meeting that was held Wednesday to determine whether the piece would be removed or changed. We did uh, decide that we are reaffirming our commitment to this wonderful exhibition and seeing it as an opportunity for us to be more proactive about encouraging dialogue. She says public comments over the exhibit were considered in the decision to not make any changes to the show and that the decision aligns with the Art Center's support of the First Amendment. Tanya Thorne, KPBS News. That's it for the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Debbie Cruz. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.